Welcome back or welcome to the Jappy Jaws podcast live from New York City. It is your favorite hostess with the mostest, the jappiest of some, if not of them all, Lindsay Moraskin with yet you guessed it, another episode of the Jappy Jaws podcast. Make sure that you are following us, aka myself, on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Jappy Jaws related at J-A-P-P-Y-J-A-W-S, as well as my personal account at Lindsay Anya, L-I-N-D-S-A. Y-Y-A-N-Y-A-A, as well as making sure that you are subscribed, reviewing, rating, liking, following, and turning that notification bell on so you are notified every single time I upload a brand new episode of Jappy Jaws on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, I'm on it. You guys, I am so sorry for today's episode being slightly later than usual, but I just knew in my heart that I had to explain to you how great of a few days I've had. Now, let me give a quick shout out to my cousin and one of my best friends who have let me couch hop in their apartments. In New York City while I've been here because truly I would not have had such of a great time if it weren't for them. But I really had such an eye-opening moment at the Chicks in the Office event that I went to. I seriously think I'm pregnant now because I locked eyes with Tyler Cameron and I think he impregnated me like Medusa does when she kills people except he impregnated me because he's so beautiful. Anywho, I felt like I had a revelation where, wow, these girls have really set the tone for podcasters, especially female podcasters, in such a crazy industry because podcasts, especially during COVID and quarantine and everything like that, really took a toll. So many people were able to create so many different platforms of podcasts to talk about so many different things. Chicks in the Office, Rhea and Fran, really set the tone way back when. They've been doing this for, I think, 300 something episodes. They just had a whole live tour on the East Coast. And I had a moment where I was watching them and how they interact with an audience, each other, with guests. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, this is what I need to do. There are times definitely when I have podcasts and I'm trying to figure out guests and I'm struggling with topic ideas. It really makes me think like, is this really what I want to do? But seeing people who inspire me like Rhea and Fran and like the event that I went to with all these people that have the same common interests, it really like moved me beyond belief. And I know that sounds extremely dramatic, but it is so true. And it reigns true that as long as you're putting in the work, you're being consistent and you show that you are so passionate about something, that'll get you somewhere way more than anything else. You're putting your focus into something that you believe can be successful. So that was like the major takeaway I had from the Chicks in the Office event. The actual event itself was insane. I was so close. I didn't think I was gonna be as close as I was, but I was extremely close. It was just so cool because I didn't know how the show was gonna be set up till it started. So I was going in blindsided. I went alone, which I highly recommended. I met two amazing girls, shout out McKenna and Amani. They met me out for drinks after with my friend and my cousin and literally felt like I made like two new best friends because we shared such common interests. And it's insane to think that like an event like that where you literally are going alone and know no one could be so powerful and so moving. But with that being said, when you get there, you sit down, you can order a drink, whatever. So the way that the layout was is that they came out, they introduced themselves, they brought out Mr. Tyler Cameron, they got to talking with him for a little bit, but then he couldn't stay too long because he was supposed to be the finale event. So um, the reason he had to leave was because, you know, casual, he was going to meet David Beckham. So, I mean, me too. I, they, they invited me to the after party. I don't know what else you want me to tell you, but I'll just, I'll just keep that on the low for now. Just kidding, I wish. But they brought Tyler out. They got to talk with him. Then they touched on a few different pop culture topics. It literally felt like we were just watching them in their actual studio, which I thought was super, super cool. Then they brought out Paige DeSorbo, who's on Bravo's Summer House and Winter House, who was such a joy to watch. She actually, I was stalking her LinkedIn. She has a degree in communications. She used to work at Betches Media. She is such an established person. And hearing her talk about reality TV, how filming goes, and 
what she does and her story of where she kind of started and then she left to go to watch what happens live is so powerful like I truly felt so motivated and inspired by these people that I I really don't know what else to say about it besides like and I can't wait to keep doing this for literally the rest of my life Paige came on they left then they did beat Reunfriend, which is a segment they do on the actual podcast where they have listeners apply to play the game basically go back and forth with them about questions in entertainment media pop culture and they had two girls on stage with them versing them but if all of them got it wrong they were able to go to people in the audience I almost got picked didn't happen, but there is a good part. There is a but. Then they were able to bring out the one, the only Barstool Trent, Luggage Man. We all love Trent. Trent is such a huge part. He truly is the third chick. He is the third amigo of the podcast. I truly love when he comes on because I think having a male perspective on certain things, especially when it comes to Bachelor, is extremely, extremely interesting. He just has such like persona and such a presence about him that it's like, wow, you make me feel so warm and fuzzy on the inside. Once they did their little bit with Trent and they got to talking with him, they brought it to the audience. Now, Lindsay knew the jappy jaw knew that this was her time to fucking shine. And I shined my fucking ass off. I was jumping. I got yelled at by security, but I don't care because it caught their attention. Rhea told me she liked my pants and that she liked my dance moves. And then guess what? The mic was handed to moi. So I got to ask them a question. I posted a little bit about it on the Instagram story today. They take everything that you say into consideration. And then even if they've talked about it before on the podcast, you really see them think hard. I like that they're able to have such different perspective. That's how it went. And then they kept giving out free Pink Whitney shots because obviously Barstool, but... Lindsay here's allergic to Pink Whitney, so um, that's that that went to the people next to me. Anywho, I had a fantastic time in New York City. I'm recording here now. I'm about to get on a train home. My poor friend, she's so patient with me. She is literally waiting outside her own fucking room for me to stop recording, but I absolutely love her to death for all that she's done for me the last few days. But you guys are in for such a freaking treat today. I got to chat with Mia and Carly of the Mostly Balanced podcast. Now, I really feel like I've been on this whole new self-care, self-love, self-awareness journey. Their podcast I've been listening to for a little bit and I truly do feel so motivated and inspired by them. Their outlook, the people they talk to, especially when it comes to dating. Being a 20-something year old and figuring out how to tell someone you like them, how to figure out someone's intentions and just navigating anything when it comes to being in your 20s is so ridiculously hard and you wish you had a manual. I wish when I was younger I had more podcasts or more outlets to look towards and we kind of touched on this a little bit. It's people like them that really make listening and learning worth while. So they were so knowledgeable. We got to talk about dating, boundaries, friendships, love languages. We really focused hard on like how aware we could be within a situation romantically or platonically. I won't spoil any more for you guys. So without further ado, here is Miss Mia and Carly of the Mostly Balanced podcast. Now, you guys, I absolutely could not thank me and Carly enough. I truly felt so inspired and I felt so humbled, truly, talking to these two girls because I definitely have been someone that has put myself in situations or have been in situations that I didn't necessarily need to be in. And hearing how they talk about how to navigate not only your own mind within certain relationships that you have with people, but how to navigate the relationship within yourself is so, so important. And to always prioritize yourself and put what you need first rather than what you want. And I think that's something that is cliche, but a lot of people don't really understand. So I really appreciate giving their them giving their perspective and all that they have to offer. Make sure that you subscribe to their podcast. It'll be linked in the episode description below, as well as their Instagram. Make sure that you are following me on Instagram at JappyJaws, J-A-P-P-Y-J-A-W-S, as well as my personal account at Lindsay Anya. 
L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-Y-A-N-Y-A-A. And make sure that you stay subscribed, reviewing, rating, liking, commenting, and pushing that notification bell on so you get notified every single time Jappy Jaws is posting a new episode. And push that notification bell so you are notified every single time I upload a brand new spanking episode of the Jappy Jaws podcast. You guys, I can't believe the holiday season is here. I can't believe we're already like in November. Thanksgiving's around the corner, but you know what that means. The end of the year is going to bring so much more fun to the Jappy Jaws podcast, and I cannot wait to share it with you guys. Seriously, thank you all for the support. I love you all, and I will see you next Thursday. What I've been trying to do is educate myself on how to become a better human being, navigate our 20s, because let's be real, it is extremely, extremely hard. So I like to take my me time and listen to a bunch of different people on YouTube podcasts. And I was lucky enough to find through the power of social media, another fellow podcast called Mostly Balanced. And I'm joined by the two hosts today, Carly and Mia. Hi, how are you guys? Hi, we're so excited to be here. Yes, thanks for having us. I'm so excited. So we kind of already got chatting a little bit, but obviously not everyone knows where you guys are from or how you guys met. So if you kind of want to give like a little breakdown of how you guys met and where you're from and what you guys do. I am from New Paltz, New York, which is upstate New York, like an hour and a half north from the city. I went to college in the city and then have lived there basically ever since. And Mia and I met because we both used to work in the, or I guess we both still do, work in the advertising media industry. So we worked at an ad agency together. We were like friends, kind of like we were coworkers, work friends. We used to go to like a lot of events and happy hours and things together. So we did get to know each other pretty well, but we really didn't become like outside of work friends until we had both left the company and then ran into each other like two years later and then just from that moment like hit it off and hung out every day (laughs) (laughs) it was written in the stars yeah it was that was our friendship story but I am Mia I grew up in New Jersey I also went to school in New York I went to Fordham in the Bronx and I had just been in New York ever since working at the advertising agency was honestly the best like transition from college to real life because we were working with so many young people so many of my friends today I met there we were out all the time I'm sure that's different in COVID times, but (laughs) I think we like hit it off. We always got along at work. I always joke that Carly was my superior because I basically like, you know, worked with her, but she was a higher level. And then yes, we became such good friends. And after that one day where we hung out, I don't think we ever stopped texting. That's so amazing that even like two years after you both leave the company, you run into each other randomly and you're like, holy cow, I guess we really were supposed to be friends all along. And it just like stuck at a different time. That's so true. I feel like it really makes you think about timing, especially because we always talk about like dating and relationships on our podcast, like might just be like the right person, wrong time. So obviously you guys formed a beautiful friendship later on in life, which honestly, in my opinion, I think making friends in your twenties is so much harder than making friends like while you were in college and high school, because I feel like people are just so judgy to begin with. So you guys got really lucky in the aspect of being able to create such a beautiful friendship. How did Mostly Balanced come about? Well, when we became friends, we hit it off for so many reasons. I think we talked so much about relationships. I think that's kind of what pulled us in. We realized we had so much in common in terms of our relationship experiences and just similar mindsets about like what we wanted relationships to be like. And in addition to that, just talked constantly. So noticed we had similar interests in wellness and fitness and trying the same things. I would say we're both pretty curious people and we had a lot of the same interest in podcasts 
and media outlet. It became kind of this thing where we wanted to just have a platform and a creative outlet. We were both probably a little bored in our own jobs. At least I was. It wasn't fulfilling me in a way that gave me like a creative outlet or something to call my own. So we just started talking more and more about it. And it became something where we thought about it. We talked about it. Why don't we just do it? Yeah, I was just going to say, so Mia actually introduced me to my first podcast. So the first podcast that I listened to was Sex with Emily and Mia was love to Sex it. with Emily. Yes. He's the best. So Mia told me you have to listen to it. I started listening to it. And then from there, I found Girls Gotta Eat. And then I binged mm-hmm. all their episodes. And then I started listening to The Balanced Blonde, Almost 30. And Mia and I would like send each other episodes. And then we realized like we're spending so much time talking about podcasts and all these different topics. Like why don't we just start our own? And then we can talk with all these people that we admire and share their voices and just like learn more about these topics that we're obviously super interested in. And I think it's interesting because I think especially with COVID and tell me if you guys agree, everyone wants to start a podcast. Everyone has something (laughs) to say. Trust me. I was that person too. I was so naive, but I think what makes it special is like you are really targeting like a certain audience because you're talking about like real life experience that people go through. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's like what made the idea come about. Do you ever have that feeling for slow when you're listening to a podcast and you just want to like interject because you have something to say? Yes. I think we both felt that way, like especially with Girls Gotta Eat when it related to like dating topics. And Carly and I have really been through it all. And that's like what I said earlier about how we became such close friends because we talked about all of our dating experiences. I think between the two of us, we have a very (laughs) well-rounded view (laughs) and like experience of all different situations. And still like to this day, we have different perspectives and different situations. So it's been a nice balance, but the topics that we put out there are things that we've definitely gone through. And I spoke about the dating and relationships, but I think like even when it's fitness or mindfulness or personal growth or career growth, it's all coming from experience we've had. So it's been very just like authentic and a normal dialogue that we would be having with or without the podcast. Obviously, like you guys said, like having two brains behind the operation, I was just saying this before is so nice because it's not just one person doing all like the heavy loading. You guys are balancing it out, not to sound cliche with your podcast name, but you know what I'm saying? So what is it like having like that teamwork ethic in the back of your mind when one person's overwhelmed with something and the other person can take over? How do you guys balance that out? It's definitely super helpful. And we've had a lot of guests on our podcast who have talked about the power in sort of like knowing what your weaknesses are and asking other people for help and leaning into other people's strengths and everything like that. And I think that that's the best thing about having a co-host or a partner with who you're, whom you're doing these things with, because I can like talk to Mia and we can figure out like Mia is like super interested in like graphic design. So she'll make all of like our graphics for our podcast episodes and for our Instagram content and everything like that. I love writing. So I'll write like our episode descriptions or some of the copy for our content or captions or things like that. And so we just like know what each other likes to do and what one of us like might not love to do. And we can kind of like balance it out that way. And it also helps because like, I know you talk about burnout a little bit too, but like if one of us is burned out, I can be like, Mia, listen, I'm like so stressed with work right now. Like I'm not going to post at all today or tomorrow. And then maybe she'll post extra. Honestly, it happens a lot sometimes. And I don't know if it's just because we are like on the same wavelength, but sometimes we're both burnt out. And then like we both just 
recognize it and respect it. And we just know that we both need a break. So I think it's just, there's a lot of power in really like getting to know the person that you're working with and leaning into their strengths and and their weaknesses and making up for it with each other. For sure. I love that you talked about the burnout because I feel like, especially with people that are like in their younger twenties, because everyone kind of had like a whole like world flip type thing with COVID. And I hate that COVID has become such a heavy topic, but I know for me personally, I'm 23 and I feel like I'm getting too burnt out when I'm this young. Like, I don't feel like I should feel so overwhelmed with work or feel so overwhelmed with life that I'm like, I have had enough. Like I need a break or something like that. How do you overcome your burnout and like keep your passion alive? I love this question because I feel overwhelmed very easily. And to echo what Carly said earlier, it's just so nice to have a partner and someone who understands that because we can balance and we speak so much about burnout and taking breaks and the importance of taking breaks. So for me, like right now, I'm feeling very overwhelmed with like starting a new job, running the podcast, planning a wedding, managing my personal life, sending it mail, which I'm really bad at. I think for me, it really is just taking a step back and scheduling my day in a way that I know is going to make me happy. So whether it's my morning routine or scheduling breaks, learning to say no to things and just having more personal boundaries, which we also love to talk about. But then when it comes to like having the spark and like being excited to do something again, I have days where I think, oh, we have to do this for the podcast or that for the podcast or this for the Instagram. And it's easy to like have a piled on to-do list, but coming back, to the reality of this project I have makes me so happy. And this content that I'm putting out makes me happy. Kind of just reminding myself I'm grateful for all of these things I have to do, but scheduling my life and my boundaries in a way that allows me to like function optimally and be happy. I totally agree. Like You can feel burnout at any point in time. And I think it is just setting up your schedule in a way that will allow you to have breaks, but also just gravitating towards what makes you happy. If I don't like to do something like echoing Carly, like that's something she could take off my plate if it's something she likes or even in work. If there's something I don't like, there's always ways to kind of be flexible with your responsibilities and kind of create them to serve you better, if that makes sense. You mentioned before, you said that you sometimes feel guilty for saying no to things or like you don't like to say no, but sometimes because you're so overwhelmed, do either of you ever really like have that guilt carry on over, not even with podcasting, just in your personal life? I guess it's like FOMO and guilt if they had a baby. You know what I'm saying? Like you want to (laughs) say yes, but you know you can't say yes, but you want to be able to do it. How do you overcome those feelings? Well, I personally, like I love saying no. So (laughs) I, I, I had to learn. I feel like that's like one of the biggest things I taught Mia because I say no. I don't mind saying no at all. I have no problem. The only time I sometimes do have trouble saying no is like to family, which I don't know why, but I'm trying to work on that. But I do definitely then hit that point of like after I said no, having the FOMO. I don't like sit there and have anxiety over like, should I say yes? Should I say no? Should I make these plans? Should I not? I'll usually just be like, I'll know myself well enough to know that like I'm exhausted or I don't want to do this and I'll just say no. But then after the fact, I'll be like, oh, it might've been fun if like, if I went. So I think like the way to like the way that I manage that is just by like doing just what I said, knowing myself well enough to know the experiences that like I'm going to be fine without and the ones that maybe I should get outside of my comfort zone and say yes to more things. So it's definitely a balance. Like, I feel like it used to be such a thing to like say yes to everything. And now it's like such a thing to say no to everything. So Mia and I like balance each other out. And I feel like she pushes me to like do more things. And then like when we first became really good friends, she just had plans like every single night. And I was like, you need to like, <laughs> dial it back because 
She's like always doing something. And now I feel like COVID made her like, right, Mia? I feel like it made you a little yeah. bit better at like recognizing when you should say no. Yes. I'm a former people pleaser and I always <laughs> had plans, but I spent so much of my time like saying I didn't want to do them. So I had to learn the balance, exactly what you just said of figuring out what, which of these experiences am I actually going to want to do and they're going to benefit me. But COVID was really nice because it made me slow down. And now I feel like I've become like my true self has shown that I am a homebody and I want to be like much more particular with my plans and saying no is fine. I don't need to be a people pleaser. That's a, actually a pretty bad quality. So I think you need to just in some situations prioritize yourself and be a little selfish when it comes to saying no. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that because I feel like there's such a negative look on the word selfish, but I feel like now especially is the time to be selfish because you have to put yourself first because at the end of the day, like you're going home and like you might have someone there, you might not have someone there, but if you're not at peace with yourself and you're not taking those little moments to be like, okay, I need to figure out if this is for me or not, you're not going to be so satisfied. I totally agree. And I like that you turned that question into like, not just about work or the podcast, just like about life, because that's kind of what I was thinking about for burnout too. When Mia was talking about it, like, and she said, I feel the same way, like mostly balanced started as like a passion project for us. So you would think like, Oh, I love it so much. I'm never going to get burnt out. But just because you love what you do doesn't make you immune to burnout. And that's why, like, for example, for me, I get dating burnout, like all the time. Like, yeah. I feel like I want to go on dates. I love going on dates. And like, I like to go out and stuff, but that doesn't mean that I'm never going to be burnt out by it. And I think that the best way to navigate that is to give yourself those breaks define the break and know exactly what it is. Like maybe take a week off from going out on a date or take two days off from social media, but like schedule that and then know that you're going to get back to it and you'll come back at it with like a fresh mind. So the same can go for like boundaries and saying no and everything like that. Know your limits and then you'll come back with like a more fresh mindset. And I think it's exhausting like dating. I know Mia, you said that you're engaged. Congratulations, but I'm sure you went through this too. Dating, like it's exhausting getting to know someone and especially in the beginning stages of talking and getting to know like, oh, like, do you want to go on this type of date? Or are you like this type of person? Like it gets not, I hate saying that it gets old, but like it does. I don't want to learn about your favorite color anymore. I don't want to learn like <laughs> where your parents came from anymore. I would rather be more upfront with what you want. And I feel like that's something that society has now really struggled with. And I know you guys cover a plethora of different things about dating. So how do you balance being able to balance a dating life online versus offline and sharing that? And I guess you with wedding planning. Yes, I can go first. I know the dating is probably more exciting, but balancing, even just balancing a relationship with the conversation around dating, I think so much of the conversation is around dating. And that's also what I like to do in the podcast is say that the work, the tending to a relationship is always going to be there when you find your person or you are engaged, you are getting married. So I even find that like I need to budget in time to like spend time with my fiance and I want to. So it's like, in addition to having all of these responsibilities of balancing work and the podcast, I'm also balancing and like tending to a relationship. And now, of course, with like wedding planning, there's just a whole slew of other things that I have to be thinking about in my off time. But it goes back to just setting those boundaries and 
dedicating time to where you want to spend them. So it definitely does take time to like work on communication and spend time with someone and be attentive at the end of the day. If I'm busy working on the podcast or doing something, I still have to understand there's another person in a relationship with me who does require attention and we we both do. It's interesting to think about it that way, that you have to give a part of yourself and be present enough to like support a relationship and show up as your best self. And then how do you feel with dating and taking that online versus offline, sharing what you do and don't want to? How do you balance that? I honestly have like, I feel like my dating style has evolved so much since starting the podcast, just because of the people that we've been lucky enough to talk to and all the (laughs) topics that we've talked about. Like Mia said, when her and I became friends like seven years ago or whenever it was, we already both have very extensive dating history that like covered a lot of different areas. Like I definitely was in my fair share of toxic relationships in my 20s and situationships and then just like a couple of good relationships um, (laughs) and and a lot of dating. I'm 32. So like I started dating like I mean, I was dating in college and post-college, like really before dating apps were like a thing. So I had that whole experience of dating in New York City when you were like actually meeting people in real life. And then (laughs) I started dating like online, but it started to become like a very normal thing. So now, like you said, it is like a balance of like having that like online dating presence and then also with like our podcast and how much like I talk about the dates that I go on on the podcast and everything it's definitely something that like I'm still like navigating and learning and it's kind of like case by case like if I want to tell a funny dating story but if I'm dating somebody and it's been like a few dates and I'm actually interested in them I probably wouldn't like share it too much until it's like a more defined relationship I feel like we talk a little bit more like vaguely about our situations versus like getting really diving deep into it it's honestly amazing the things that I've learned from our guests. Like (laughs) it's definitely given me a way different perspective on dating and like on what I want. And I was never really somebody who wanted like a serious relationship in my twenties. And now that like, I feel like I am more so like dating for a relationship. It's definitely shifted my mindset a little bit. Now, can I ask you, are you on any dating apps now? Yes. So now I'm in a phase where I'm on them, <laughs> but <Okay>. like <laughs> my phases are, can be a little bit brief. So I like just redownloaded hinge, like a couple of the, like locks club and Raya. And those are the ones that I like, I'll use occasionally. But since I'm currently like not in the city for the past few months, I haven't been going on many dates because that's where I want to date. And so right. I'm not there. It's kind of like a weird situation. Yeah. Why well, dip your toe into <laughs> something that you don't want <laughs> exactly. now? Mia, do you ever take over her dating apps and try and like give your little two cents of either who she's swiping on or what she should do with her profile. Like I'm not on any apps. I like tried that. And I, it's just, I don't like it. Like, I think it's so fun. Like I call it a game whenever like my friends are over, I'm like, can I play a game? And like, I'll go swiping. Do you ever do that for her? <laughs> no, but maybe I should next time we meet, I'll have to take a look at what's out there on the dating apps. Yeah. I see screenshots. I laugh at a lot of funny things she sees. I'd be happy to help with prompts or pictures. We actually did a <laughs> mini episode on like setting up your dating profile but I agree I don't necessarily miss like the dating app situation it very much did feel like a game well we had a funny situation where Mia had somebody that she met in person but she was like oh my god Carly you have to date this guy blah 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 and she didn't even know if he was single or not and we were kind of like talking about it for a few weeks how do we (laughs) how do we set me up with him and then we realized that during that whole time I had already been messaging with him on hinge no 
way. kind of Easy. like such a strange, it kind of gave me like faith again in dating apps. Cause I'm like, he was somebody that like, I wasn't that sure about on the app, but then since Mia met him in person, she was like, no, he's actually really cool in person. So I'm like, it's just so hard to get a read on people on these apps. Like I try to give people a little bit more of a chance than I might be inclined to just knowing that like most of the time they're better in person. I've been in that position now, especially like once COVID and like everything opened up back at home where like I have like embarrassing moments where I'm like, oh my God, I matched with that kid when I had like Tinder <laughs> or Hinge. Like someone literally came up to me at a bar and was like, are you Lindsay? Because like we messaged so briefly. I'm like, hi. <laughs> and like, he's like, I still follow you on Instagram. And I'm like, hi. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. But I think it's so interesting when I do have conversations with those people that like I may have matched with. I'm like, why couldn't you bring that? to the screen, you know, it's so, it's so surface level. So I guess what's your guys advice for those who are like kind of struggling with making those like first impression conversations. So for me, (laughs) I would say, and this is a takeaway from one of the conversations we had with a guest, we had Logan Yuri who wrote the book, how to not die alone. And she talked a lot about the spark. She has a whole chapter in her book called fuck the spark. It's all about the fact that like just because there isn't that initial spark in the beginning doesn't mean that there's not potential for like a real relationship there on the flip side of it. Sometimes if there is a spark, it might not be such a good thing. So one of the things that like I took away from that and that now I'll try to keep in mind when I'm like swiping or whether I'm meeting somebody in person is that like, there are certain people who just are like super sparky and they have like a spark with everybody that they meet. And that doesn't necessarily have any, I've gone on some amazing like first dates. We hit it off and we have a great spark. And then like, we don't hit it off in the long run. And that's just because they're like a very charismatic person. So I think that the advice that I would give is to, unless like you had a terrible time and you hated them or they were like offensive or whatever it is, like I would say like always go on a second date or like even just always go on that first date. Like if it's an app and you're like not too sure, still go out on the date because you never know and just like give it a chance because there's so many things that come into play like nerves and everything like that in the beginning and also the fact that like I hate to say it but they're probably dating other people too right. so like they might not be like fully invested you might only be getting like part of the picture like I feel like give it a couple dates to let it play out and you'll then you'll have a much better feel on the person now can I ask you guys what are your love languages mine is words of affirmation and I think quality time and it totally does like play out in my relationship I need to be complimented I need like a lot of reassurance like validation not in like a needy or annoying way but if it's turned off like if Dan's my fiance if he's like I don't know like in a mood and I'm like not getting the affirmation I need I'd like definitely one to ask what's wrong it's just I, I prefer and we actually we had AC Brown on who talked about your dating style based on your human design if you're familiar but that kind of validated that in terms of her telling me I need consistency which is totally true and related to love languages it's like consistent quality time and consistent words of affirmation minor words of affirmation and I think acts of service which I feel like makes sense for me. Definitely word words mm-hmm. of affirmation. Like I feel like I give love in that way too. Like I always give a lot of compliments and I like really love getting compliments from people that I'm dating. <laughs> um, but then acts of service I really like because I feel like that's just like somebody doing like a little thing to make life easier for you. And I feel like that really does show that someone cares about you. Like I feel like if I'm in the early stages of a relationship and a guy like gets me coffee in the morning because he knows like I'm in a rush or something, I'll like really see that as like, 
a a sign of them being interested in you because I feel like you're not going to do that for somebody. Why are you going to try to make their life easier if you don't have like some interest in them? Quality time for me, I feel like doesn't score that high. Like we always laugh, but I feel like I would love to be in like a long distance (laughs) relationship where I only have to see them like once a week. Like I love that quality time, but I like that quality time with myself more than I do with other people. That's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. I think when people spend too much time with someone and like they don't have that me time or have that time with other people, that's when they begin to like shut down those qualities that you love about that person kind of like go away. And I hate sounding so harsh saying that, but I've seen it so many times with so many friends that get into relationships. Well, I've been in basically working from home since 2020 with Dan and I love it. Like I'm getting worried about when we have to go back into real life and work in offices away from each other. I'm just for over a year and a half now, we've been together basically every day. And it is so important to have like your own friends and your own time. And I definitely need me time. Maybe that's because of my love language, but I've just like haven't gotten sick at all of having so much time alone with him. Revelation that I had, actually, I've been like so into love languages ever since I was like 17. I just thought it was so interesting. And I thought it took such a big toll on friendships more so than it did on relationships in my eyes. What are your thoughts on playing your love languages in your platonic relationships? Yeah, that's such a good point, especially like when it comes to things like I think quality time and like words of affirmation, like all of them really, I feel like are so important in friendships and the same way that you would in a relationship, like the way you might want to like find out what someone's love language is that way you can like play into it a little bit and really show them that you care. Why not do that in your friendships too? Especially like you said earlier, it's really hard to make lasting friendships in your twenties and thirties and after that. And I think that tuning into how somebody feels appreciated is only going to help there. So I definitely, definitely would recommend like having that conversation with your friends, just like chat about it and ask them what they think their love language is. And then think of little ways like Mia, I feel like is a big gift giver. I feel like you always give like a card and a cute gift and good way to like tune into how somebody like shows appreciation and feels appreciated. Yeah. Like while gift giving wasn't a high score on the way I like see or receive love, it might be one of the way I express love. I was thinking of words of affirmation. I've never even thought about love languages in terms of friendship before. So I love this question, but Playing back to my relationship with Carly, so much of the early times was like talking about relationship stuff. Like I needed advice. I needed someone to bounce ideas off of. And she very much was like always super positive, always super supportive, complimentary. She really is. She's like the most complimentary friend I have. (laughs) I see it now. Like it makes a lot of sense as to why like that would, that friendship would be like so strong from the get-go if it was playing off my Uh, love language. With love languages, obviously you need to set boundaries in any type of relationship that you may have, platonic, romantic. How important to both of you is it to have those boundaries in those situations? It's honestly the most important thing. Like I feel like there's Mm -hmm. not much more important than setting your boundaries. And I think it needs to be set like from the start. And even just talking about relationships and dating like we were before, like if you are on dating apps or even if you meet somebody out and they ask you out, set your boundaries. Like I had a recently had a guy ask me out for dinner on a Sunday night at 930. And like, that's just not something I want to do. And so I said, no, like I'm like, no, that's definitely too late for me on a Sunday. Like I work in the morning and everything. And he's like, okay, like how about Monday at 
at nine o'clock. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to do a date. Like midnight snack time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So like just the little things like that. If I had been like, I could have just like given myself a pep talk and been like, come on, Carly, go on that 9.30 PM date. But then like, I would have been setting that precedent that like, I wanted to do that. And I didn't. So I think like setting little boundaries like that, even like maybe, like I said earlier, like I wasn't really dating for a relationship in my twenties. And so like, I like told people that like when I went out with them, that I like didn't want to have a relationship. And the reverse of that is true too. Like if you want a relationship, express that early on. It doesn't mean on your first date, you have to say like, I want to get married and have kids, but just creating those boundaries and expectations with somebody that you're out with, I think is super important. And while I talked about really loving the time I'm having with Dan all the time. It's very much like in a relationship, it is important to have boundaries and having time for myself and my own plans and my own time with my friends, my own time to exercise, my own time for silence. So you definitely need to like bring that into a relationship, especially when you're living with someone. It gets very challenging to like find that alone time. But I wanted to talk about boundaries with friendship. You mentioned earlier, it's really hard to make friendships like later in life. You're not like set up circumstantially like college. And I do think in your 20s, a lot of your friendships will either like last and grow with you or you'll shed them. And I think having boundaries plays a role in that because I feel like I did have a lot of friends in my 20s, just people who I went to school with and they lingered around or people who I just thought I was supposed to be friends with. I didn't have boundaries with them. They either wanted to hang out all the time or expected me to like drop everything to be with them or expected me to like get on a phone call with them random hours and stay on forever to like help them with get through something emotionally. None of those things are bad, like someone wanting to spend time with you and have you to support them. But over time, I think if you just are stay true to the boundaries like you want in a friendship, those friendships will kind of like drift away if they're not serving you and then kind of open you up to have more time for people and the type of relationships that you respect each other and is a better fit, a better friendship fit. I love that. I definitely have been struggling with that myself. I feel like once you are officially in postgrad, I've been a year doing this and it's definitely something I was not prepared for. (laughs) I wish that there was a class in college that I could have taken that could (laughs) have helped me a little bit more. But I think what you said is true. Like you shed these people because you don't have those boundaries to begin with. And so how do you like have that conversation with someone saying like, I need to set this with you because this is how I am. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's a very awkward thing to talk about. Yeah, I think that at least in my experience, I feel like I enforce it. I try to enforce my boundaries, like without having like a, here are my boundaries conversation, like whether that's like, and I know I don't like, we talk about sex on our podcast a lot too, but like that, I feel like that's an important thing to talk about when you're like first starting to like have sex with a partner. It doesn't have to be like a, let's sit down and talk about a conversation. Like it could be in the moment. It could be like in a friendship, you could tell somebody like, uh, listen, I don't have time to talk right now. You don't have to say like, I have to enforce this boundary and I'm not like in the headspace to talk to you, but just like say it. And then, it comes to the point where like if somebody is not respecting your boundaries then you have to like actually like spell it out for them which kind of sucks but it also then makes it a little bit easier down the road if you do spell it out for them and then they still don't respect it then it's kind of like listen I told you like these are my boundaries and everything like that but I think that just like showing it with actions first for me typically is like successful like I don't have many people then like not respect it if I'm really being clear about it with my actions I agree you guys were talking about having those conversations conversations with friends, with partners about boundaries. What are your thoughts on situationships? Because recently for me, I've been like having a whole big, I guess, like healing process. And I know you guys are all about wellness and like lifestyle and everything like that. I feel like I'm in a very weird like age, like 23 is such an irrelevant number (laughs) in my eyes. I hate to say it like that. At the same time, I feel like I've been learning so much about 
the people I surround myself with, about myself, what I want to do with my career. And I feel like situationships not only happen romantically, but within friendships too. People that you thought were going to be forever friends end up kind of showing their true colors. What are your thoughts on just situationships in general in your 20s? Well, first of all, I wish I had podcasts, the conversations we're having, podcasts that I could listen to when I was in my 20s. So you're already like way ahead of the curve here. (laughs) And I felt at the time like totally not prepared to deal with situationships because I didn't really have much confidence. I didn't have many boundaries. I found myself in a lot of relationships that just shouldn't be happening and friendships that were just like not really bringing too much positivity into my life or romantic relationships. So I think it is like setting up those boundaries for yourself, being really clear with yourself about what you want in your romantic relationships and how you want to feel in them. And same goes for friendships. But for romantic relationships, I think in my 20s, I just put up with a lot. I don't know if that was not being like really confident that I would be able to find better. And I wish I could tell my younger self like get rid of those thoughts and like the what if I don't find someone else I should stay in this relationship that's not exactly what I want because you totally can find a relationship that is exactly what you want and that doesn't have to be like picky or closing off relationships I feel like so many people are like give it a chance see what happens give him a second chance at least that's kind of the dialogue I was having with friends who were also like 20 years old and probably shouldn't be advising me on my romantic (laughs) life. But I think if I had the knowledge I have now, when I was 20, I would just not put up with anything that I did. And I don't know, maybe Carly, you might like my situationships were like actually like eight year long relationships that I probably just shouldn't (laughs) have stayed in. So I didn't have like too many of like dating type relationships where I wasn't sure like, what is this? Where's this going? But maybe Carly has more in that area. But I think it's just like, honestly, be true to who you are and don't let anyone else's opinion or get in the way of that. Because I just, I just like allowed people to like do and say whatever they wanted to me in my 20s and my relationships were pretty toxic. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like my 20s were one long <laughs> situation Like it was just <laughs> And I honestly, on one hand though, I think they're kind of like a rite of passage. Like I feel like in your mm-hmm. 20s, you're supposed to have at least like one or two situations. Like if nothing else, just to like recognize what you deserve and like get to know yourself a little bit better. I'm a huge proponent of like dating as like a learning experience in your 20s. But in terms of like situationships, on the other hand, I feel like like I want everyone to avoid them because like they yeah. can be on one hand, I'm like, oh, it's a great experience. And like, it's a learning experience and all that. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh my God, like the years I could get back if I just like voiced my like my needs in the beginning and recognized what I wasn't getting. So I think like my biggest advice is like have all the situationships you want, like day as much as you want, but like at least learn from it and like come out of it with something. Like I do think I learned from each one of those situations and each one of those relationships. And for me, it like, it taught me what I wanted. Like I had so many parameters of what I wanted in a relationship and in a boyfriend when I was like early on dating, like always, I've talked about this on our podcast before, but like always setting my parameters on dating apps to like six, two and above. And like within like a two mile radius of me, like, I feel like I was just like so specific and 
through widening that a little bit and dating around a little bit more, I got to like realize like, oh, wait, like I kind of like a guy who like works in this field or I like guys who are like less outgoing than I thought that I did and and things like that. So it, it like it speaks to the value of like dating around a little bit. Another big thing now, especially is the whole term of ghosting. And I think that comes along with situationships. But I guess what my question is, because obviously like people could go on forever about ghosting when it comes to romantic relationships. But at the same time, I feel like there are a lot of people that go ghost in friendships. And I think recently for me, I've been seeing a lot of my friends go through that where people that they would be with constantly 24 seven, all of a sudden they're like, I haven't heard from them in days or I haven't hung out with them in this amount of time. What are your thoughts on being upfront with people? Because a lot of people don't like confrontation either. So I think their method is ghosting and that goes with relationships too. So how do you approach a situation with a friend or a guy or a girl? Listen, I feel like you're kind of not putting any more energy or effort into this. Like what's going on? Yeah, I'm <laughs> the reason <laughs> I was laughing when you were asking that question is because I definitely ghosted people in my twenties before. I feel like it was a big thing that people talked about. I'm definitely guilty of it. I feel like I'm going to get karma one day and get ghosted. at like, the no, but no, I, so now I think it's like so important to speak up for yourself. And so like, if you feel like somebody is pulling away and like, you are nervous that one day they're just going to ghost you, or like, you feel like they might not be on the same page. Like those conversations are so hard. Like the number of times that I've like backed out on like asking somebody, what are we, or like, what do you want? Or something mm-hmm. like that. Like I build it up so much in my head and then I would just like never ask it. And then that's what would turn into a situation or somebody ghosting and really like the worst that could come out of it is you find out that they don't want to be with you that they're not looking for a relationship but at least you have clarity and at least then you have something to be upset about like if you're just anxious because you're confused then like you're not doing yourself any favors but if you find out somebody doesn't want to date you or you find out somebody like a friend is like pulling away from the friendship for whatever reason like then you have clarity and you can like mourn it be upset and then move on but staying in that like in between unsure phase is like so toxic in my opinion and it like just it stresses you out so much and on the opposite like if you're on the other end of it where maybe you have a friendship that you feel like isn't serving you or they like you don't like the energy they bring into your life or whatever it is for whatever reason you want to distance yourself from that friend a lot of times it might be worth a conversation and like telling them listen here's where I'm at you don't have to like break up with them like have a friend break up but maybe just tell them like you need some space and voice that to them because think of like how you would feel if you were on the other end of it as much as like you said, we all hate confrontation. It's so much better to have clarity. Thanks. So many dating issues, relationship issues, things you talk about with your friends and like overanalyzing so much just comes down to communicating. And I feel like that's the answer to so many of the questions we talk about on our platform and having a healthy relationship and having boundaries and having a better friendship. So much is communicating. And I totally agree. Like confrontation is scary. I've become like an over communicator. I don't think I always was. I used to be the type of person that would probably like analyze in my dating life. Does this guy like me? Think he's going to want to go out with me again? And in my relationship, like Carly probably sat on the other end of texting in person conversations of me like analyzing my relationship. And so much of it is just solved by communicating. And now I think because of the podcast and all of the people we have on giving the best advice about like how to approach different situations, I've just become an over communicator where I like will just love to talk about my feelings and maybe I need to find a better balance. But I don't think there's no harm in just being honest and 
communicating what you need or asking for what you need from another person. It's also like, what if it does work out? Like sometimes the best things come from those hard conversations and that's in friendships too. Mm -hmm. Like Mia and I don't really disagree that much and we don't really like get mad at each other. But like if Mia ever did something that bothered me, like as hard as it would be, I would tell her like this bothered me or like this made me upset. And it might be like a really uncomfortable, difficult conversation, but like the friendship comes out so much stronger. And like in the end, you're going to respect those people that you know will tell you how they actually feel. And like, you'll like being able to see things from their perspective because otherwise you're kind of like going into the friendship blind and it's not as like deep of a bond than it would be if you're like communicating that. I think being an over communicator is a good thing though. I'll get so like worked up to a point that like it comes across harsh and it comes across mean because like I just have it being built up over time. So I think it's a good quality to have to be able to be like, listen, this is how I feel right now, right at this minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I even talk about this with my therapist and people who don't communicate well, like that can signal you having a lack of trust in them because you'll never know, is this person being honest? Are they just being fake with me? Are they just telling me what they want to hear? Are they avoiding confrontation? Like, how can you trust that that's a genuine relationship? So it's so important in romantic relationships. So you're like, have a fluid conversation and you're letting each other know how you feel and having like a temperature check. Because if not, like, what if the person you're in a relationship with is just holding back all this resentment that's going to come out in another way? And I'm sure that that goes for friendships, that goes for family members, that goes for even after a few dates, that'll result in ghosting. It's much better, I think, to just be upfront and establish a sense of trust, whether that's going to be an ongoing relationship or ending a relationship and leaving someone with the clarity and answers of why. Always a good thing, I think. I love that. Another thing that you guys do pretty often on your Instagram stories, in which I love because I absolutely love polls. So I like voting in your polls. The do you agree with this caption quote saying? What are some that you guys have posted that you <laughs> absolutely agree with and then some that you absolutely don't agree with? You no know, one that like sparked a conversation. Some are like pretty obvious, like I know what I feel, and it ends up being like the majority. One that Carly and I actually talked about and we got into like a little back and forth about was banter. <laughs> actions speak louder than words. So I wanted to like even bring that up and talk <laughs> to you about it. Cause yes, to me, it was like so obvious, like, yes, of course, actions speak louder than words. I've heard it so many times. And to me, like that makes sense. Carly had a much different like perspective on it. So it was just like those things open up dialogue for even us of how do you interpret something? How do you, what kind of went back to love languages, like how you receive love. That one I like sticks out in my mind as one that I remember. I definitely like in the way I interpret it is that actions do speak louder than words in that if someone's telling me something, they feel a certain way, but their actions and behavior towards me is completely opposite. Yeah. I'm going to like grab it. I'm going to believe that more. So you can tell me whatever I want to hear, but I'm not going to feel validated. I'm not going to like respect or understand. Yeah. Like, yes, exactly. Unless I'm seeing it. So I wanted to hear, you know, what you thought and maybe if Carly had something to weigh in, but that's one that I just remember like sparking a dialogue between us. That's interesting you say that because I never really thought of it like that. Like I used to always say like actions do speak louder than words, but I also think that people don't know how to act. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like I think yes. sometimes people think and like they do feel a certain way. I'll give an example. Like I was in a situation where someone was telling me how much they love me and care about me, but like the way that they were acting made it seem as if they weren't. And when I was asking for that reassurance, it was like, I do feel this way. And I'm like, okay, like I understand that. What are you doing to show me that you feel this way? Saying it is a completely different thing than doing it. So I think that 
people also just don't know how to show it or how to act in that way. So what's your take on that, Carly? Yeah. So I totally, what you just said, I feel like is like the exact reason why actions most of the time do splatter than words. I feel like I've been like burned Mm -hmm. by some situations where like, and thinking about dating specifically where a guy will tell me like, I don't want a relationship, but then do everything that seems like we're dating, like take me to meet his parents and like do all of these things together and act like he's my boyfriend. But like, then in the end, he'll be able to fall back on like, well, I told you like I didn't. And it's like, no, but what about like, so then it's like annoying. Cause then like his words were supposed to speak louder, but because I was going on the actions, then I was like, I was thinking he did. So in my opinion, I feel like it's the whole package. They all like, they're all speaking. (laughs) It's a reaction. Yeah, <laughs> but one that like really that I really disagree with that I feel gets a lot of airtime these days is if you're confused, he's not interested. This is one that like a lot of people say like, oh, if you're feeling confused, it just means they're not interested. And we actually we did that poll and I just pulled it up because I was curious and 73% of people agreed with it and 27% of people didn't agree with it. And we get like pretty high response rates in these. So that was like a pretty accurate poll of our audience. But I like actually strongly disagree with that. I think that if you're confused and you just are taught to believe that confusion means the person isn't interested in you, then it's just like it's enforcing, like not communicating. Like, I feel like if you're confused, you need to communicate. Like, just like we talked about earlier, if you're confused, talk to them, ask them what they want, tell them what you want, and then take it from there. Like, don't just be like, Oh, like I can't tell how he feels. So I guess he must not be into me. Like, no, that's not true. So I feel like I, I kind of get like frustrated when I see people like really listening to that advice because it's just like it, it kind of is lazy in my opinion <laughs> that is a very interesting way of thinking about it do you agree with that statement if they wanted to they would have yes see I definitely agree yeah. and I used to be like a believer of if he's confused he's not into you because I had like relationships where I was young and like in my 20s and it was just like if I was unsure about how you're feeling you're not making any effort like I would brush it off as like, okay, he's not into me. I do think though it requires more conversation. If he wanted to, you would. I think I agree with that because that's how I am. Like if I want to do something, I will go and I'm going to do it. Like when we said before, like saying no to plans and versus not like if I want to do something, if I want in a relationship, like if I want to go home with you to see your family, if I want to cancel plans so I can spend time with you or like, I don't know, anything that requires a little extra effort. Like if I wanted to, I would. So I tend to think that would that's probably what I would expect in another person. But it brings up communication because what if you're in a relationship and they do all these things like begrudgingly and then resent you because they're doing them because, you know, they think they have to. I don't know. A whole different spin. See these conversations, these polls spark so much so conversation. Many. That's why <laughs> yeah. I love voting in them because I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, I'll talk to my other friends about it. I'm like guys, you really got to listen to this. And they're like, okay, whatever. They just shut your mouth. I'm like, I swear, this isn't me trying to even give my two cents. This is just me just trying to, you know, have a better understanding because I think perspective in that situation is key. Yeah. I mean, I would continue to give the, if he wanted to, he would, or if they wanted to, they would advice because I feel like that's definitely true, but still the, if you're confused, like I just have been confused in relationships where they actually really did care. And I was just confused. Like, I feel like (laughs) if you aren't communicating correctly, then there probably will be some confusion, but that's to me is different than the, if they wanted to, they would. Cause that like comes into play. I think 
in a lot more of like a black and white situation where like it's like more clear. But yeah, that one just really gets me. So with all of that being said, you guys have been through quite literally so many different things. It's amazing to have so many different perspectives. Where do you want to take the podcast in the next year? Because like you said, you're wedding planning, you're hoping to move back to the city. There's going to be so much that happens and the new year is literally right around the corner. What do you guys want Mostly Balanced to do within the next year? Well, Ugh, I know so you much. Had asked, <laughs> and you had asked about like how we found sort of like our focus and everything like that. And I think in the beginning, we did cast a really wide net. We knew we wanted to talk about wellness. And to us, that's a huge umbrella that covers so many different topics. And so we started talking about like everything under the sun. And then over the past year, I feel like we've kind of like narrowed it down and we will like most of our conversations do have to do with dating and relationships, but we talk a lot about some of our other favorite topics like spirituality and fitness and entrepreneurship and stuff like that. And so I think over the next year, I feel like you'll see us really sort of focusing in on those few things. And also like, I think that one of the things that we did when we started the podcast was we made a list of the people that we wanted to have on the podcast, like our dream guests. And it's been so cool to start to cross some of those names off. And I think over the next year, we're like really, really trying to get some of those top names that we have been wanting to talk to for so long. So that's sort of like our long-term goal, but past that, like we also want to do a lot more in-person stuff. Like we want to do like meetups and like different things in the city for people who are like New York based and things like that. And eventually like we've talked about doing things like retreats and stuff like that, but that's more far down the road for now. I feel like we just want to keep up the conversations that we've been having. Who are those top guests? Can I ask? Uh, Sex with Emily is one of mine and I feel like I'm putting it out there. It's going to be soon. (laughs) But yes, I want to just like my vision for the future that like plays into your question of who I want on. I love to like give the advice I wish that I had and I love to help people be better in their relationships and like have a better relationship with themselves. So I think that falls in the buckets of dating and relationship and spirituality and the ones that Carly just highlighted. I would love to just bring in the experts in that area. I want people to talk more about sex in general. I think that that's so important in relationship. I would love to have a voice like Emily on the podcast and just bring in more of those experts. And Esther Perel, yes. I need people who I just want to create, continue creating the conversation that is really important for people. And what lights me up, and I think Carly too, is when we do interact with our audience and people ask us questions, like we love to help people with their relationships and have conversations like these where we're kind of like debating the advice we would give or what someone should do. So I would love to do more of that. I love building the community and having more like whether that is something in person or just something a little more like one-to-one where we could we have a forum where we can like live help people. That would be amazing. I'm kind of just like just thought of that right now, but that would be great. And I would love to do the retreats and things, but yeah. I feel like, and that's one of the things too, like as we started to like niche down in terms of the topics we were talking about, a lot of that came from some of the messages that we were getting and some of the like the engagement we were getting on certain pieces of content. And so like a lot of times when we post a poll, like the ones we were just talking about, we'll get people responding like, oh, but what if he said this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll answer and just give it advice that way. So I feel like that's usually like the most responsive that we are is if it's like in response to something that we like recently posted. And then if there's ever questions that come up in like our ask me anything or something like that, that we don't get to answer on Instagram, we'll talk about it in the intro to one of our episodes. And so we make sure that we cover like all the topics on the podcast. I would love for you guys to give a little post-grad doozy, something that I like to do at the end of my episode, which is like a little food for thought for everyone. Cause I know I definitely needed to hear that in my twenties. So I would love to hear what 
something you guys have learned. Yes. So mine, I touched on it a little earlier, but it is not to hold on to the what if questions. I felt like I was very stuck on that in my college experience and after my 20s or in my early 20s. Like, what if I break up with my boyfriend and I don't find anyone who I have a great connection with like this again? Or, you know, what if I regret this later? What if I don't go down this career path? I felt like I was so stuck on all of these questions. And the advice to someone in this situation is nothing is absolute and you're very young and you're still going like I grew so much in my 20s that I found a better relationship because I grew and I understood what I wanted to have in a better relationship and any career path I went down I learned something valuable even if it wasn't the path I was staying on forever and everything is fluid and you could pivot and take risks and you could change your career at any point in your life so I think a lot of the time I just spent kind of doubting myself and that what if always popped up whether it was like friendship or a dating situation or a career. And I just wish I was a little less hard on myself because you'll grow and evolve and that path will kind of fall out the way it's supposed to for you. I think just to lean into the things that you're passionate about, I think that it can be so easy to get caught up in the things that you should do. And I definitely have done that before, like follow the path I thought I was supposed to follow. But as long as, and I'm laughing because I, earlier I said that I am so good at saying no, but like, it's so important to say yes to the things that you're passionate about, even if it doesn't feel like something that you're like supposed to be doing. Like if you feel like you always want it to pursue like art, but like everyone around you is doing a corporate job, do your thing and say yes to those things that you're passionate about and it's going to lead you in the right direction. And I think that that it's a time to like get to know yourself. And we actually, we posted a quote recently that was from a book that I read. We posted it on our Instagram and it was, you'll never be able to find yourself if you're lost in someone else. And I think that that's like a big learning for me from my early twenties too, because I feel like the obvious understanding of it is like a relationship type thing. Like if you're lost in somebody, but I also think like if you're getting caught up in like what everyone else is doing on social media, what all your friends are doing and everything like that, you're not going to be able to like find who you truly are. And that's really what you should be doing in your twenties and after graduating. I think that's so important because I think self-care before anything else and putting your mindset first is something that people need to do more so and not feel so selfish for doing. And I feel like you guys are truly the biggest help in that aspect with your podcast and your platform, telling people that it is okay to like be your own best friend and be your biggest cheerleader. If you're just kind of confused and in that phase where you need to put yourself first. Yeah, Definitely. totally. What days do your episodes come out of your podcast? We release a new episode every Monday with a guest and an intro ahead of the episode where we'll cover off on things that we're trying that week. Sometimes like Carly said, we'll answer polls or talk about something topical, but every Monday. We release it every Monday morning at 7 a.m. I will attach <laughs> everything in the episode description below of where you could find them on Instagram, Apple, and Spotify. It was such a pleasure talking to you guys and I cannot wait to see what else you guys do with Mostly Balanced. Thank you so much for having us. So fun. Now, you guys, I absolutely could not thank me and Carly enough. I truly felt so inspired and I felt so humbled talking to these two girls because I definitely have been someone that has put myself in situations or have been in situations that I didn't necessarily need to be in. And hearing how they talk about how to navigate not only your own mind within certain relationships that you have with people, but how to navigate the relationship within yourself is so, so important. To always prioritize yourself and put what you need first, 
And I think that's, it's cliche, but a lot of people don't really understand. So I really appreciate them giving their perspective and all that they have to offer. Make sure that you subscribe to their podcast. It'll be linked in the episode description below, as well as their Instagram. Make sure that you are following me on Instagram at jappyjaws, J-A-P-P-Y. J-A-W-S, as well as my personal account at Lindsay Anya, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-Y-A-N-Y-A-A. And make sure that you stay subscribed, reviewing, rating, liking, commenting, and push that notification bell so you are notified every single time I upload a brand new spanking episode of the Jappy Jaws podcast. I can't believe the holiday season is here. I can't believe we're already like in November. Thanksgiving's around the corner. The end of the year is going to bring so much more fun to the Jappy Jaws podcast and I cannot wait to share it with you guys. Thank you all for the support. I love you all and I will see you next Thursday.